0: Welcome back, all you corpses, all you boils and ghouls, to another episode of Habeas Corpses. We are sitting here enjoying some tea on this lovely November 11th evening.
1: I have a weird story for you really quick okay. um, that is kind of morbid. One of my coworkers, her husband is a cop, and he had to go out to a scene today um, where a man died golfing on the 11th hole on 11 11
0: Really? How'd he die?
1: Um, he had like a heart attack and died.
0: Oh, wow. So like bad juju, huh?
1: Yeah. The 11th <sighs> hole on 11-11.
0: That's terrifying. Well, that's not terrifying, but that's, that's oddly coincidental and uh, yeah. That's
1: sad. That's my sad. Weird...
0: weird... Weird story of the day. Yes. That's your weird story that you've just added in. Maybe we should make you do these every week. Weird stories. Yes.
1: We'd be here all day because I could find some really fucking bizarre stories.
0: Oh, that's true. Um, (laughs) As far as horror news and stuff that's going on, the only big thing to drop lately is obviously Dr. Sleep came out.
1: And it didn't... um,
0: It did very poorly in the box office.
1: Yeah, but it's getting pretty decent reviews from my understanding.
0: Oh, yeah. From everyone that's went and seen it, they've really enjoyed it. I myself am not a...
1: I'm not a, a big fan of the, the shining. shining um i've never read the book but the movie um, which
0: movie did you watch stanley kubrick's or the uh, made the for... jack
1: nicholson okay, i don't that's the stanley kubrick that's what version. i thought uh
0: but a made for TV. i don't even
1: want to watch that one for sure if that i that one's like... a,
0: that one's a lot better really like the stanley kubrick version is... God, that
1: is i don't i've never even finished it
0: really i get it's so a long bored movie. oh it's
1: so boring
0: it's it's long definitely um and it's very Stanley Kubrick style and things. Stephen King wasn't too happy with it either. It's one of his—it was one of his only movies that he actually kind of like criticizes. Mm. It's nowhere near as bad as Desperation, man. And <laughs> Stephen King was like, "Yeah, go see this," but I don't think he liked what Stanley Kubrick did to the characters in that.
1: Well, all I um, know is I'd be willing to see Doctor Sleep since it's getting pretty good reviews, even from some close friends who I would find reliable because we generally like. Similar movies
0: as them. I'll probably do a like a red box rental on that one though. I'm not gonna run off to the movie theater, yeah, and see it. Um, but there is some local Utah news infamous Utah killer Ron LaFerity dies in prison today. Mm. Do you know who he was? Nope, so um,
1: looks like we'll be doing an episode on him soon.
0: Well, we, we could, I'll give you a quick rundown of who Lon LaFarity is. Uh, was but he died Monday according to Utah state prison officials. He had been ill for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically his, his health was in decline and it wasn't like a huge, they, they moved him from death row, um, to, uh, the Wasatch facility to a minimum or a medium security mm. thing. I think they were like, uh, he ain't going to make it. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure he was on death row, but, uh, One-time members of the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints, Ron and Dan Laferrity, became disenchanted with the faith and joined a group called the School of Prophets, which was pretty much just them, from what I uh, looked into. Um, I was kind of familiar with this. Um, I remember my grandfather talking about this. But uh, they disapproved of the sister-in-law because they believed she was the reason Ron's wife left him after refusing to allow him marry us to marry a second wife
1: oh <laughs>
0: um claiming a revelation from god they slashed the throats of brenda LaFerity and her 15 month old daughter erica nearly decapitating the toddler oh my god the killing took place on july 24th 1984 the day commemorating latter-day saints pioneers arrival in the salt lake valley because here locally we celebrate july 24th um it's our said the revelation told him to remove the two, along with the two of Brenda LeFevre's friends, to keep them from obstructing God's work. I kind of think he just um, used, kind of formed this little cultish uh, religion to kind of get his sub religion, so he yeah. could murder someone. The brothers, along with two. Drifters then went to the friend's house, but no one was home, so they broke in and left. They planned to stop at the house of another friend but got lost. FBI agents later arrested them in Reno, Nevada. The Laferdis were together and went on trial until Ron Laferty tried to hang himself and uh, tried to hang himself to death in jail and was attempted as well as attempted to kill his brother. Both were convicted in separate trials. Uh, a lone holdout juror spared uh, Dan at the death sentence. Ron Laferty's conviction was overturned on appeal and he went for trial again in 96. A jury convicted him and sentenced him to death. Uh, but these pictures of like what he looked like. And then what he looked like on his deathbed. Yeah, Ugh. you can tell he was uh, definitely in some poor health there. Yeah. Which who gives a shit one less cynical, criminal, crazy asshole that went around and like when I heard the fifteen month old kid, I was like, Man, you're an evil little shit. But this episode is about another killer that was actually and not just a killer, a serial killer who was born here in Utah.
1: Another one
0: Yeah Gary Ridgway that uh, we talked somebody
1: about. Somebody else I can't think of
0: who. Well, you had uh, um, Gary Ridgway mm-hmm. was born here. I don't think he, he didn't commit any murders here though. No, um, all in
1: Washington.
0: Oh, I got, I want to say there was another one. I, I know really there was, and one. I can't
1: think of who it was right now, but it'll come to me. Probably in the middle of the night, I'll like wake up and sit straight up and be like, ah,
0: <laughs> well, who are we talking about today?
1: Israel Keys, the most notorious cel- serial killer you never heard of.
0: <laughs> so you sent me like, because um, we didn't have really a topic because we were pretty busy over the weekend. We did a, a big glam zombie horror yeah. shoot on Saturday, which it took, took all, all day, day. Um, which was fine. It was fun. I love we had a blast. It's better than. The models were yeah. great. Um, Lacey worked with another makeup artist. Uh, the one makeup artist did some great glam makeup, and Lacey did the horrific makeup. So we didn't have time to really watch much or even plan an episode, so we were kind of like in limbo. Plus yesterday
1: we were dying, so.
0: Yeah, food poisoning (laughs) once again. Um, But you texted me this uh, killer. I was like, who in the hell is this? Like, I had no idea. And the most research I got on him, because you texted me right as I was about to get busy with some other stuff, um, but I did look up his... Um, FBI interrogation. Oh, the video? Yeah, it's like two hours long. Yeah, I looked I've up only heard snippets of it. of it. That kind of went through some of the I wouldn't call them better parts of it, but more interesting parts. Mm-hmm. He's got a cynical laugh, doesn't he?
1: He thinks a lot of this stuff is really funny.
0: Yeah, man, he laughs a lot about yeah. lots of things. Just real
1: casually.
0: Yeah, and he's also like ah. Uh, the way he came off to me was very, like, snarkish. Yeah. And almost, like, demanding during the interview. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm not going to give you that unless I get this.
1: He would, every time he they wanted more information, he would demand an Americano coffee, a Snickers bar, and a cigar.
0: And then in one of the... Uh,
1: he did it, like, four or five times. And
0: then he had a bagel
1: yeah. <laughs> as well
0: in part that I was watching with but his he coffee. he had so
1: much information... That they were like, okay, g- give give the man what he wants. It's not a big request. And like, even though they didn't always find the bodies, like they most of the bodies that he was like, yeah, I killed these people. They couldn't find him. He had enough information that they were like, he did it. We c- we know he did it.
0: So let's uh, let's jump into him. He was born here in Utah.
1: Yep, he was born here in Utah. And our story is actually going to start in Anchorage, Alaska, at the Common Grounds Coffee Shop. Um.
0: This was not his first victim, though. Correct. No, this this was, was like the one that got him caught.
1: Yes. So we're gonna talk specifically about her because he broke all of his rules with her, and that's why he got caught.
0: And he had a bunch of rules. He, in fact, like
1: like never kill close to home. Never kill twice in the same area. Um, no,
0: he would go on like he like
1: he had kill kits buried all over. There's still some buried in, all found, over the world. Yeah, yeah.
0: with like gu- like a gun and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. like he would stalk people. And this brought up something that we um, experienced to me because when I was listening to his his confessions, he was like, yeah, I like to stalk people in graveyards, in areas where not a lot of people go, so you're not going to have any witnesses. But people do – they frequent the areas, but not enough to – Like, really worried about being caught. He
1: didn't focus on the the victim specifically. It was the location. Yeah.
0: It was totally random victims. Yeah. Not random locations. He scouted those out very.
1: No, yeah. He would scout it out sometimes years before, bury his kit, and then go back.
0: Yeah. And when, like, so I was thinking about that and I was like, dude, this totally reminds me of the time we were out in the (laughs) West Desert. Out at Lone Rock.
1: Like that guy was waiting to,
0: yeah, b- man, to bury her us, to dude. dig up his kill kid. He probably was. He was like getting ready to get out and we took off just in time. Probably.
1: <laughs> everything <laughs> in this particular story about this victim we're going to be talking about too is really sad because there was a lot of opportunities for her to be rescued. Um,
0: You hear the the sick thing he did with her though? Yeah. We're oh, going to talk okay. about it. So okay. let's, let's, I've heard
1: this story several times on a couple different podcasts um and a documentary so
0: are you gonna mention uh it's two other victims that are or, or are you just focused on this one i victim? will
1: mention the people in
0: because oh. i thought that was pretty uh
1: where were they living where were I think they that from? was in oregon vermont
0: or vermont yeah, yeah, yeah. just
1: real brief i'm not really gonna go into okay. detail i'll talk a little bit okay. about
0: them but that was i was like man you evil son of a bitch Okay, let's uh, start with the coffee shop.
1: So Common Grounds, it's a small, like one of those little drive through shops um, that generally you only have one, maybe two employees working at a time. And the customers will either drive up or walk up to the window to place their order. So it's just one of those little guys. And with, I didn't know this, this is wild. So with 2.8 specialty coffee shops per 10,000 people, Anchorage, Alaska has more coffee shops per capita than anywhere else in the U.S., Like That's a lot of coffee shops.
0: Dude, it's cold up there, man. People love their coffee and they need to stay awake because they also have periods of lots of sunlight and periods of lots of darkness. Yeah,
1: so it was no surprise that our 18-year-old Samantha Koenig, Koenig, she was really excited. She got this new job as a barista at the the Common Grounds Espresso coffee stand. Her dad, he was was not excited about it. (laughs) Uh, He was really worried about his daughter working alone at night. As father would be but she was like no dad don't worry we have surveillance cameras and we have a panic button if i need to call the police
0: yeah but with that panic button i mean that's all subjective to where the cops are if they're on another call you know like
1: but i think it was supposed to be like peace of mind
0: Peace of i get it yeah and here's one thing i just want to chime in i think if you were a, a even a small establishment or large, if you're going to have anyone work alone at night, I think that should be like a broad policy that doesn't fly. I think you should always have two people. Oh, working,
1: absolutely. Buddy system. Especially because that's, in that's like, a n- really good opportunity to, to hurt someone.
0: Oh, yeah. Especially in um, positions where you're going to have really young individuals working there, like coffee shops and like things that like that. Like that story I told you
1: about the subway in the town where my sister lives. They had that teenage girl closing. Her dad got freaked out. So he would stay in the parking lot. And then some creepo left a message about how supple her skin was.
0: Yeah, man. And I don't think it's a big thing that men have to really worry about. The biggest thing for like men that I would worry about working alone at a store would be getting robbed, you know. Mm-hmm. But women, man, you can case people so easily as a killer. Mm-hmm. And just like, mm, I really like her, you know. And then I know what dude. she's alone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But that's just my opinion. So if you're a company out there and you have a policy where you let people close stores alone, that's bad.
1: Well, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> so <laughs> I am. No, the oh, the company. Oh, like, why am I stupid? I you're so dumb good- practicing safety and stuff. Well, um, unfortunately, it's the worst date of the year for anything bad to happen. On February first, two thousand twelve. Um. She had only been working at the coffee stand for a month and she was working the late shift and she was scheduled to be there until closing time which was 8 o'clock. So she was just about to get off work when this happened. She didn't have a car so but her boyfriend, he always picked her up so he was supposed to be there that night to give her a ride home. So according to Israel Keys he had been planning to burglarize the coffee ground stand for several days and that night he pulled a ski mask over his face parked his car down the road and walked to the stand. And he knew he was planning to rob the shop, and if possible, he wanted to kidnap the barista. But that was just going to be if he felt like it was an opportune time.
0: Because he did this a lot to finance his old travels. Robbery was a huge thing with yeah, him. Yeah,
1: he robbed a lot of places. Yeah,
0: I was reading when, like, a lot of the stuff, you know... They didn't catch him or anything, obviously. But mm-hmm. when the FBI did the back research, they're like, oh, yeah, that place was robbed. He, all He knew of all these robberies and he committed them, yep. got away with it. And they coincided with the timeline of other murders that he admitted to. Yes. So, Yeah.
1: So, um, so he was planning to hopefully kidnap someone. And he arrived at the stand at 7.55, five minutes before she was supposed to get off work. And he calmly ordered a large Americano. Which is...
0: The same thing that he has yep. in his interview. It's apparently
1: his favorite drink. And she's, she made the drink. She turned around to hand it to him and discovered the handgun pointed at her. And he said, you're going to turn off the lights. And then he hoisted himself through the window and inside the stand. And she didn't push the panic button that she had reassured her father. She would, of course, push.
0: So now hang on a second. Is this... I'm trying to think here. Is this like one of those little coffee stands that you find in like... Um, like, like store parking, parking lot. lots yeah. and things like that so this isn't it's an actual tiny. like big store or big no, coffee it's shop a it's little, a little stand yeah it's okay. a little
1: coffee stand so he told samantha i'm gonna rob you and she said that her boyfriend or her father was gonna be there any moment to pick her up and she was telling the truth truly somebody was coming to get her and he thought about it and uh, he would later tell detect- detectives that he almost didn't take her but he had like this rush of adrenaline and he decided to take the chance so he ends up Um, getting Samantha out of the coffee stand and they walk down the street to his truck and he actually she actually got away briefly um you can see her in the video run and he gets her and he says to her these are his words if you run again I'll kill you so she thinks okay I might be able to make it out of this and so once they're in his truck he says okay well do you have a debit card and she says well it's in my boyfriend's truck which is going to be parked in on the street in front of my dad's house tonight and so, he takes her back to his house, puts her in the shed, locks her up in there, then goes to Samantha's father's house, breaks into her boyfriend's truck, takes her debit card, and then Samantha's boyfriend, who's already, like, super on edge and worried about Samantha because she wasn't at the coffee stand, and um, when he got he got there to pick her up, and he had no idea how she was going to get home, it's Anchorage, Alaska, it wasn't like she was walking home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he heard, so he hears this noise, he looks outside, and he actually sees Israel Keys. Near the truck and yells at him and says, What are you doing? But he's managed to get away with the debit card.
0: With the debit card, wow. Yeah,
1: like he was there. It was so, like that is, that's probably the worst part of it all is like
0: another opportune time to catch yeah. this guy and he just got away. And it's away.
1: nobody's fault. Like things just happen, but it's just sad.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's sad in the fact that there are so many, I wouldn't say opportunities. Because, I mean, she took the opportunity. It just never played out for her of getting away. And this was another but opportunity. But it was like but minutes the universe... away
1: she was going to from being picked up and then gets her in the car. And then he gets yeah. to the house. And then, yeah. It's
0: like the universe planned her death. Like, nope, this is how you're going. <laughs> We're not letting you get away. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: That's it really, really sad. So he gets the debit card. He goes back to the shed and he strangled her to death um, after sexually assaulting her.
0: Yeah, he raped her.
1: Mm-hmm. He was, like, drinking wine while he raped her. Like, he put his little girl to bed, kissed his girlfriend, and went out in the shed. And,
0: and he had a child? I didn't know that. Yeah, he had a little girl. Oh, wow. So yeah. he's doing this while he was married?
1: No, he just had a girlfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then... So he wraps her body in a tarp, stuffs her in the cabinet in the freezing shed. So she is frozen. And then the next morning after he takes his daughter to school, he calls a cab for a ride to the airport. And then he goes to New Orleans for a cruise that he had booked like several months before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: really nonchalant. No big deal. Just going to take my kid to school. And after his cruise was over, he drove to Alito, Texas, and he burglarized and burned down a house. Then he drove to Azle, Texas, and robbed the National Bank of Texas. And then he drove to Houston and then flew back to Anchorage. And after Keyes returned home, he removed Samantha's body from the cabinet. He applied some makeup to her face, braided her hair, um, which was a big thing. Like, the dad was like, that's really weird. She would never braid her hair. Um, but she had braided hair. Have and you then seen the picture? I have not seen
0: the photo. Oh, well, I'll pull it up. I've but like you can keep, n- keep it. Been really it.
1: wary of seeing it. Like so sad. Um, but so he applies the makeup, does her hair, and sews her eyes open with fishing line and then photographed her with a recent newspaper. And then he included the photo with a ransom note to Samantha's family, told them to deposit thirty grand into Samantha's bank account, and if they wanted to see her alive again, then they needed to pay up and so he planned to use her debit card to withdraw the 30 ground from her account and then um, a few days after he sends out this ransom note he ends up cutting up her body and dumping her remains in the oh i'm gonna slaughter this name matanuska lake near anchorage like, that is so sad to me like oh my god
0: oh yeah it's terrible i'm looking for the photo he sent because it was in the it was like in the newspaper dude
1: yeah because like, it, she i my understanding is he, i've only heard it described uh he she uses looked, a
0: newspaper to show the date and everything yeah and but she looks
1: weird like you No,
0: she definitely looks to me like she's deceased but maybe that's just because i know it but you look at that like she has no expression you know it's it's creepy, man. Like, to do that to somebody is, like, already, like, heinous what he did. But then to, like, pose her body and Ugh, act so like she's sad. alive to get this ransom. Like,
1: yeah. I don't,
0: that's, like, for sure you're going to get caught now. You think he wanted to be caught? I don't know. Because he had told some people that, like, no one knows me, uh this true person I am. I've had to drink every night. To deal with this life, this double life I had. But I don't, I don't think he
1: had any problem with it till he got caught. And then I think he started saying all kinds of weird shit.
0: I just I thought it was weird that he went uh and took every one of his rules on this one and dumped them all out the window pretty much.
1: I think he got cocky.
0: You think that's what it was? Yeah,
1: I think he I don't think he wanted to get caught. Um, I think he just was like, I won't get caught.
0: Impulsive and cocky with it. Mm-hmm. Now, so how did they, so...
1: So what happens is, so they, once they put the, once he they deposited the 30 grand into the bank account, they had alerts. So every time the card was used, because he was only pulling out like 400, 500, little amounts at a time, mm-hmm. or I guess smaller, I wouldn't say little. Well, that's but, another
0: thing is because when he would go on his traveling and stuff, he'd only pay cash. Yep. He wouldn't use cards. So that's another reason. I'm like, why is he doing this? What in the... I I think, I mean, I, I might be,
1: maybe he did want to get caught. Maybe secretly. I don't know. I think he just got cocky. Honestly, like that's how I feel about it. Um, but,
0: but go ahead. So there's
1: alerts and every time the card was used, um, they would send out the police, but he was always just like minutes ahead. So in early March, he ends up flying to Las Vegas, rents a car and he drove to Wilcox, Arizona. And he uses Samantha's debit card to withdraw $400 from the the ATM. And the security card, or the security camera, sorry, recorded an image of a white Ford Focus rental that he was driving. And two days later, on March 9th, he withdrew money from another ATM in Humble City, Texas. And then at this point, the FBI alerted um, Texas law enforcement because they were like, he's in this White Ford Focus. We've got this image of him. Like, it was a really grainy, crappy picture. But they were like, this is who we need to be on the lookout for.
0: Every time I think, like, you just mentioned local Texas law enforcement and a little comedic relief for this episode because it is so dark and dreary. It's, like, really heavy. Yeah, is every time I hear Texas... Sorry, That's, uh, we're watching a dog currently, I'm... and she doesn't know how to be quiet during episodes. <laughs> she's, Sorry, she's not trained like our dogs. Um, <laughs> but every time that Texas law enforcement is even brought up, my brain immediately goes to Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> so I just had this image of him, like of Chuck Norris, of Chuck arresting Norris being like, we're keys. get keys. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> go ahead.
1: So anyway. Um, so they've got this APB out for a white Ford Focus. They don't have a license plate, but everybody's keeping an eye out. So then on March 13th, so just a few days later, um, a highway this patrol. This is 2012,
0: correct? Yeah. Okay. A
1: highway patrol corporal, his name was Brian Henry, spotted a white Ford Focus parked at a motel in Lufkin, Texas. And when Keys left the motel, Henry actually followed him and then noticed the car was traveling three miles over the speed limit. And so Henry leaped at the excuse to stop the car, pulls him over, and when Keys handed him an Alaska driver's license, he immediately called for backup. And they arrested Keyes, and a few days later, he was escorted back to Anchorage. And by March 31st, he told the police that if they brought him that Americano, that Snickers, and a cigar, he would tell them everything they wanted to know. And so they obliged, and he admitted to abducting Samantha uh, Koenig from the coffee stand. He said they would give the authorities more details eventually, uh, but he would only talk if they had promised to keep the details from the press, and the reason that was for that was he didn't want his daughter to ever find out what a monster he was. He mm-hmm. did not want her to google him and find out who he was. And I'd so I'd seen
0: that during the interview. He's like he was so reluctant about giving up information cuz he's like I want something tangible. You have to bring something to the table. Yeah. And they're like, "Well, we can't promise that the death penalty isn't going to get sought." And he didn't care about that. Yeah. He was like, "No, I want I don't want the details of this getting out."
1: Yeah. And so, they were like, okay. So, they were really doing their best not to let the details out. Um, but.
0: But, so, he admits to killing her. Yeah.
1: So, he admits to t- killing Samantha.
0: But they never found. Oh, they did they find did. her body. So,
1: they press the federal prosecutor. Or the federal prosecutor ends up pressing keys on the issue of whether or not she was dead or alive. And Keyes says, oh, nope, she's dead. And then. um he said I'll tell you everything you want to know. I'll give it to you blow by, bo- by blow if you want. I have lots more stories to tell. And like they he totally stuns the investigators in the interrogation, interrogation room and they realize they're sitting across from a serial killer and they what happens is he does end up saying she's in this lake and what he did is he used the ruse of ice fishing and uh, cut a little hole out and dumped her Um, dismembered body into the lake and they were able to find her body like divers went in that cold water and got her and then somebody had like kind of callously made this really terrible joke to him like well did you at least do some fishing while you were out here and he was like yeah I did actually catch a couple fish one of the
0: interviewers one of the police one of the police (laughs) well he was like uh, like joking back and forth with them the whole interview so I think they might have
1: I think they were like trying to get on his level to get him to befriend him, to get him to give him information
0: because I did notice that there was a lot of back and forth, like casual conversation going on and like joking. But,
1: and I know that some people have been like really offended by that. And you know, on one hand I'm like, well that was kind of not a really tasteful joke, but on the other hand he's, he admitted to things. So at least he gave like that family got that peace of mind and was able to have a memorial for her and, was able to cremate her and have her remains and I like I feel like that's a really important part of closure that a lot of families don't ever get and so at least they had that but so during the search of his home investigators found information on his computer about a missing Vermont couple Um, so they confronted Keyes with the evidence and asked him what he knew and he told him that he left the bodies of Bill and Lorraine Courier in an abandoned farmhouse near Burlington Vermont and then when the prosecutor asked Keys how he knew the couriers, when he why and why he decided to murder him, he said he didn't know the couriers. It was just random, and he actually got really irritated with the thought of it being um, like somebody he knew.
0: Yeah. So with that one, he really cased the house more than the individuals, mm-hmm. and he had cased that old abandoned farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Did they? Did they actually find their bodies? No. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought they never found him. I actually think
1: him. that something, if I remember correctly, I didn't read this, but I'm pretty sure I heard on one of the podcasts I listened to about him that that farmhouse actually caught fire.
0: Yeah, and and he, burned down,
1: and, and it wasn't related he, to him. It was sometime later.
0: But he had also, I think, admitted to using chemicals to uh speed up co- yeah he would use and stuff on bodies, but I don't think. Uh, they ever found their bodies but when he was like saying things with that he was like well i picked them because it didn't look like they had any dogs yeah or any kids yep and i was reading the youtube comments and i just had to laugh there was a couple of them they're like how in the hell do i make it look like i have dogs and kids in my house
1: <laughs> no shit thank god we that, have that dogs is,
0: that's a scary thought like someone casing your house and not particularly you just seeing how vulnerable the house is. Like when you think about it, and I don't know if it's a huge deterrent. I think uh, I watched this study not too long ago about they were interviewing um, uh, burglars and stuff. And they said, no, I don't care if the house has a dog or not. I've heard
1: that people don't necessarily care if the house has a dog, but I've heard that it also can, can be a deterrent because of noise. Yeah. Like, they don't want a dog uh, barking it. too. It's not... But if there's a, an alarm system, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, they're a like, lot of whatever. or those signs, the signs for they're like that doesn't deter me at all.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, but I think dogs are more so just because of the noise. But that does it doesn't necessarily mean somebody won't burglarize your house
0: but I've always been one of those people that I'm like oh you know I'm not really scared of people breaking into my house and killing I me <laughs> I know you are but after this reading this yes. I, I'm i not anymore so like scared of it but, but it I'm makes still you think. Like, like wow man what could I do to make if my house somebody maybe was a casing- little
1: I have a, a morning routine and anybody who watched our house would know that at a certain time they could just walk in and kill me
0: well okay <laughs>
1: Yeah, and and that's why I'm really weird about, like, okay, I want the doors locked. Like, I don't want to be murdered. I hope nobody has a fucking kill kit buried underneath our goddamn shed. We don't know. Those aren't
0: voles in the backyard, man. <laughs> the kill kits all over them. Somebody's the been place. trying to find
1: where they put their kill kit. They can't remember. So, uh, so anyway, he and they get him to explain his usual routine, and they fly to an area of the country, they rent a vehicle and then they drive and sometimes hundreds of miles to find a victim. And he buried murder kits around the country in areas that he found interesting. And he often buried these kits years before he would carry out a crime.
0: And there are still kits in areas that he never committed. In some crimes in and, other countries. And it's like you could I guess you could go search for kill kits. You They've done a could. lot, even the FBI has been looking for a lot of them. Mm-hmm.
1: And each kit was placed in a plastic five gallon bucket with a tight fitting lid and included um, a shovel, plastic bags, money, weapons, ammunition, and bottles of Drano to help dispose of the bodies. And unlike most serial killers, well, just like we were saying, he didn't have a victim profile, and he usually killed far from home, never in the same area twice. And on his murder trips, he kept a cell phone. His cell phone was turned off and only paid with items in cash, and he had no connection to any of his victims.
0: Yeah, that's what's scary. I mean, you think about it. People are like, oh, no, if that's, I mean, I'm sure there are still plenty of active serial killers nowadays. You just, it's so hard to catch them because you think about it. The if FBI it's done predicts, randomly,
1: like, there's so many serial killers active in the United States at any given time, and they don't even necessarily know who they are, but they can connect just really similar crimes to say this is most likely a serial killer.
0: Yeah, when I look at those uh, walls of, like, missing people and stuff, All the time, my mind goes to to like either they were sold to the sex trade or they were murdered by a serial killer.
1: Or the occasional runaway, who's probably now still in the sex trade.
0: Yeah, or murdered by a serial killer. I (laughs) mean, unfortunately, (laughs)
1: yeah. Um, So, um, oh, I totally lost my 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 track. Uh, One thing that's like, there's a lot of. So how many how
0: many people was. Did he finally admit to? He
1: maybe linked to as many as 11 deaths in the United States. And they believe that there's even more victims inside and outside the country. Um, they're like, I was just listening to a case. I can't remember the victim's name. Um, it was on crime junkie. I'd have to go back and listen. It was a while ago um, where they were thinking that it was possible. Israel keys was the murderer uh, because he was actually in the town. She was murdered in that night um and they were able to prove that because it was like one of his murder trips he was like yeah I was in that area can't remember who I killed um and then they proved it with like a toll booth some like something from a toll booth and so they they're like well maybe he killed her cuz he didn't always kill him in the same way either sometimes he would strangle him. you know like it wasn't always exactly the he same he didn't
0: have a whatever they um, call him. MO, a
1: modus operandi
0: yeah
1: or i guess he kind of did but,
0: but he, he would it was break kind of all it. Over, yeah he, so, he was young too. I mean, he was born in 19. Oh, I don't
1: remember. I didn't really pay attention to his birthday. But
0: he, he was like in his. He started his killing spree, his 11 year killing spree in, in his 20s. Yeah. So I think he, he was, was 32. In his 30s. I think he was 32 when he was caught, and he never made it to trial.
1: Nope. Um,. And we'll get to that here in just a sec. So he also admits to investigators that he killed four people in Washington because he did li- br- live there briefly. He confessed to at least one murder in New York. And he also confessed to committing um, bank robberies in New York and Texas. And those are that's just a couple that he admitted to. There's tons hans um, and he was
0: a serial bank robber yes like.
1: he actually so he claimed to have killed a woman in april 2009 in new jersey and buried her near the tupper lake in upstate new york and then of course he admitted to the deaths of bill and lorraine courier and then an fbi report said that keys burglarized 20 to 30 homes across the united states and robbed several banks between 2001 and 2012 and then um he actually because his story got leaked he killed himself he hung himself in his cell he was so upset. That's why he never.
0: Yeah, he slid his wrist and strangled himself. Mm-hmm. Is what I heard. Yeah, or what I read.
1: I don't know. I don't know which way he actually died, but he did both.
0: Yeah. So. He's gone, and I know her family. Um, uh, Samantha. Samantha's family. I think they did an interview with them, and they were like, that that actually brought closure to them. I believe that he killed himself. Some people wouldn't, but. The lengthy appeals process, all this stuff.
1: I think it's so much harder. Like, they knew who it was. Like, let's not go through all this and re-torture the family over and over and over again.
0: Something to me, though, is about, like, cheating the hangman. (laughs) You know, like, you wimp, you took... Like, I I don't
1: know. I'm with you. I think that, like, I would want to see someone go to trial if someone killed
0: you. Especially since, like, to me, that was his punishment. Because he was like, so oh, I don't want anyone to know what I really was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, too bad. Yeah. You're going to be hung you out you in the public this, eye. You did this and now
1: this is your... And you're
0: going to see the public's reaction Actions to you have you.
1: consequences.
0: <laughs> so I think that would have been his... Like I don't think he cared about living or dying. I think he cared about what he was known as yeah. in the time he was alive because he was afraid of what the public's perception was. That. And so he did end up killing himself. And boom he's a go. really
1: scary like it's really scary to think that there's people out there like that with goddamn kill kits buried around the country like and if there's one i feel like there's more like you know what i mean yeah like there he can't be the only one which is freaky and if he was the only one at one point he that idea is out there now
0: yeah it you know it's what do they, isn't there a statistic that you bump into a serial killer like three, three times, times in your, in your, life in your or lifetime something? or something? I don't know. That might be just far fetched out there. Statistical.
1: I don't know. Cause hold on. I'll Google the statistic. It's been a while since I've seen it, but how, how many serial killers the FBI thinks
0: are currently active yeah. in the United States. I'm sure it's quite a few. Um, and it could be more because yeah, it's, it's it's
1: the FBI estimates that there are between 25 and 50 serial killers operating throughout the US at any given time. If there are 50, then each one is responsible for an average of 3 murders per year. Serial killers are always present in society.
0: Yeah, man. That's creepy, dude. That's ugh. That
1: is terrifying.
0: Uh th- there was something that um one of the detectives was saying that I was I was kind of listening to him on this case and he was like He's like, I don't believe serial killers to be suffering from mental illness at all. He's like, I've never uh, seen someone suffering from a mental illness that could plan as well as these serial killers plan that can take. Now, I'm not saying someone can't suffer from a mental illness and kill someone. And I don't even have an opinion on it. I just thought it was interesting the way he worded it. He's like, Mm -hmm. I don't think serial killers are ever mentally ill. I don't think they can ever use the... um, insane defense mm-hmm. because there ain't no one out there insane that can plan the way these guys plan because they're so they do cold they and calculated yeah
1: um i was listening to this another podcast probably well over a year ago and they interviewed um a doctor and a family man who is a psychopath like he has the brain imaging and behaviors of a psychopath and he actually studies and he said the the thing that separates him from being a serial killer is his the way he was raised so you can have a regular psychopath walk past you and not be violent Um, but when you have the combination of just that brain chemistry and then like really abusive upbringing it causes criminals and he's like yeah i do the things that a lot of psychopaths do i purposely put my family in really compromising and sometimes dangerous um situations like he took them hunting for like big game in another country and realized that his kids were like really scared and he was like really relishing in their fear
0: oh that's weird yeah
1: and it was like really kind of disturbing and he's like i love them to pieces i would never hurt them but he's like i'm not a normal person
0: i wonder and well no there's no way they would have ever done this but you're talking about brain imaging and scans and Mm -hmm. stuff i wonder if they've ever even thought about getting a brain image of someone like a serial killer not even while they're killing but maybe with like the act of violence on them on a tv oh to i'm see sure what their brain i'm, I'm like confident they...
1: that they would do that or have done that hmm. like that sounds very much like
0: because that's you know how the brain yeah. I, don't, I don't know the science to any of it but it, it reacts
1: to differently to, to different, different things um, depending on who like you stimulus
0: are. yeah like if you put violence on the tv to a normal person i guess parts of your brain would shrink not shrink but you know what i'm talking about. light up
1: in different way or like um i was reading about introverts versus extroverts and introverts um are really sensitive to dopamine which is why we um don't need as much like stimulus and we're drained by too much stimulus whereas um, extroverts need, um, more dopamine. They're almost like addicted to dopamine, um, because their brain is not sensitive to it at all. And so that's why they need a lot of stimulus and they're energized by it. And it's We're literally. we like energizer
0: bunny. Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom,
1: So, and I was also reading, <laughs> it was really cool. Um, most relationships with an introvert and an extrovert are actually the best relationships because if you had two extroverts, you would n- they would never relax, and um like because you have to have balance you can't just pee on the go all the time you will burn out and you can't have two introverts because they'll never go anywhere <laughs> and like there was a whole um article in psychology today that i was reading about how um the balance between in a relationship of an introvert and an extrovert is one of the best balances so go us
0: <laughs> okay I could have told you that without reading psychology. No, today. but it was really
1: cool to read like the <laughs> you're, science you're behind just like,
0: it. My theory is confirmed. Anyway, A- anyways, I think that I think we've wrapped it up on our uh, crazy serial killer here. Do you have any last words on him?
1: Um, he gives me nightmares. That's my last. As
0: <laughs> they always do.
1: He actually freaks me out probably the most.
0: Really? Because he's so random. Because or... like
1: Ted Bundy, he had a pretty specific woman that he would look for. Brunettes. Okay. Like, I get
0: this it. This
1: guy, he was just like, oh, I don't want to fucking kill people. I don't give a shit what they look like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So like be- that
1: freaks me. I don't know why that's more terrifying.
0: S- Dude, watch out when you're walking from work and watch out when you're. Be very aware of your environment at all times. My and mom be always wary said, I,
1: okay, I do have a really short story."
0: Okay, let's hear it. That is short my story. last words. <laughs> hey. short stories from Lacey. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll be in here another, another hour. Twenty-five minutes. So my, I'll chime <laughs> in.
1: Okay, I'll hurry. My mom was robbed at gunpoint. Uh, when she worked at Taco Time many 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 years ago, about 25 years ago, and um, she actually had this really bad feeling all night. Like the, the there was just a couple of really weird things that had happened, and she had mentioned it to her coworker, and her coworker was like, "Oh no, we'll be fine." Well, she gets robbed by gunpoint that night. And she always really impressed on me, like, you need to follow your gut. If you have a feeling that's bad, you need to follow that, even if it's wrong. Because it's better to be safe than sorry. And I remember telling her one time when I was working as a framer that this guy came in and he just had a piece of chocolate and wanted me to break 100 for him. And it was like 10 minutes before closing. And I technically could do it, but I told him I couldn't because I just had this feeling that was like, no, like something is bad. and they didn't want us to do that especially towards closing time like it wasn't like against the rules i could do it but they didn't love us to do it and i was like i'm going with the they don't love us to do it i'm not doing it sorry sir and he might have been the nicest guy on the planet but i had a bad feeling and you have to follow those
0: probably just wanted that cash register open
1: yeah exactly because if he had a hundred dollar bill and a 50 cent chocolate in his hand. That sketched me out. What kind Ten of chocolate was he eating? One of those little like, um, or Not Girardetto. Ghirardelli. <laughs> when I was little, you know, at the register, he just walked right in through the line. It was like 10, 15 minutes to closing. There's nobody in the store. I was the only cashier. He grabbed the little chocolate and wanted me to break a hundred for him.
0: But he was, so did he, he stole? Because he's eating the chocolate from no, the store. No, he wasn't store. eating
1: it. He was going to buy it.
0: Oh, like he
1: grabbed it and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna buy this. Can you break a hundred for me?" Okay, and I was like, "For fifty nine cents, no."
0: I I I get you now. I totally
1: like it. Freaked. I was like, "Uh I was
0: even in a weirder place. Like I'm imagining some guy eating like a Hershey's bar, staring at you really weird with like some chocolate on his lip in the side. Like, hey, can I buy this chocolate that I'm eating with this hundred dollar bill?
1: Oh, no, he was like, hey, I'll um I'll buy this so you can open your register and you can break this hundred for me. Like he, <laughs> and next I, thing
0: you know, you're gonna have a gun in your face and it's gonna be And like, well and he didn't look
1: like I was totally profiling and being stereotypical. He looked like a thug, like like long like long jacket, a hood on, like looked sketchy to me at night and then wanting to break 100. It freaked me out. Or was I it like
0: mid-summer it. and he's wearing a trench coat?
1: No, he was just wearing like a hoodie and it was probably summer. Was it
0: propped up to like...
1: He was just wearing a really big oversized hoodie, like really big sweatpants. He was really tall and had the hood on and I remembered it was a, yellow, a mustard yellow hoodie. It freaked me out.
0: Well, there you go.
1: And he was really nice but I was like, you're going to kill me. So I didn't break the 100. <laughs>
0: You're just assuming. No, man. I probably wouldn't have either because I would have the same thing when I worked retail. Um, thank God I don't anymore. But I I worked retail for a little bit. And there were times when I was like, no, we're not doing that. I'd be like, no. You
1: have to follow your gut. I don't even care if you break the rules at work. If you feel unsafe, that's more important. Always.
0: Uh, for the most part. I think some people are a little too unsafe because... You know. but
1: if you're someone who generally like i'm freaked out all the time but i wouldn't just be like no i won't do that all the time
0: well what i'm trying to say is like a lot of people will like i, I get the gut feeling but sometimes i think people uh do get into that stereotypical mindset a little too much and they're like oh there's someone coming towards me that looks like something is scary like it could be some punk rocker with a pink mohawk and a studded jacket agree. and he's got these chains all over him. And they're like, Oh, that gonna look scary. I'm gonna cross the road the other way and then they get hit by a bus. No I totally agree. But Generally, the punk I guy was like the nicest guy yeah. in the world.
1: I generally wouldn't be like, oh, just because I'm And it wasn't like, oh, you're wearing a big honey. You must be a monster. It wasn't until he was like, can you break this hundred that I had this like sinking gut feeling. Like literally like my gut sunk. And I was like, no.
0: No. And a lot of times, because I'll get stuck in this YouTube thing where I'll just watch crimes and stuff uh-huh. caught on camera. And all the time when it's like a robbery at a store, they come up and try and buy something to get the cash register open. Yes. They always have hoods over there. So I think you're probably smart for not doing that.
1: Ten minutes before closing? I don't think so. Israel Keys came at 7.55 and they closed at 8.
0: Yeah, and that's a big store, man, that you were working in at that time. So we probably could have just, I mean, I don't know what your guys' protocols were for closing, where people are at. But you had like, what, three people in that store? We
1: would have three or four people all at a time
0: on closing
1: mm-hmm. generally three some but sometimes we would have four.
0: never one right no okay that's good
1: and the manager was not allowed to leave until all the associates left
0: well that's and we good. all
1: walked out at once
0: yeah and you should all like keep each other in sight till you get to your cars yes and check the back seats of your cars.
1: Oh, I do that like religiously because there was just like that gas station 10 minutes from us. They were trying to get, remember that girl, that guy climbed into that girl's back seat. And she, mm-hmm. they kept declining her card. and she was like pressing the button to talk to the gas ten. And they were like, you need to come inside. She finally comes inside. They're like, somebody's in your car and we've called the police. Can you stay in here for a minute so we can save your life?
0: <laughs> yeah. And this isn't, this isn't a made up story. This sounds so made up. Gotta happened, but like, no, what, a year ago? Like, not too long ago. Yeah. Not even a
1: year ago. And that was, like, 10 minutes from our house. And, and I go to that gas station.
0: Yeah, and that's what's good about always, like I said, be situationally aware of what's going on around you. All the time, you got to be situationally aware.
1: The Crime Junkie podcast that I really love, they have those rules. I've said them before. It's be weird, be rude, stay alive. <laughs> and I feel like those are really good life rules.
0: Well, we're not going to end the episode on that because we're not going to steal their little no, segue. But anyways, follow your gut, <laughs> follow, follow your gut. Don't get caught out there by some serial killer and get home safe to your families. You all have a wonderful night. And um,
1: hasta la vista, baby.
0: There you go. I'll
1: be back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See y'all next week.